Welcome to The Worst Writer in the World, a podcast in which we read stories to you. This is the seventh episode of Gret Binchleaf and the Adventure of the Women Getting Abducted by Crabs, which includes the final chapter, Chapter 10, by me. Don't forget there's loads more Gret Binchleaf content in our secret gang at patreon.com forward slash manbycow, as well as exclusive episodes of the Man by Cow podcast, all the extended Worst Writer episodes, the Secret Gang podcast, which is now over a hundred episodes in, and much, much more. Now, let's get on with the episode. The continuing adventures of Gret Binchley, the soft-boiled private dick with a crippling fear of pies. So, Howard. What was that? That's uh, so it's the excitement to war, to war, to war, to war, to war, to war. Well, that explains that then. Um, that is my excitement at the oncoming onslaught. <laughs> so that onslaught is not the right word. I can't speak. So, <laughs> I, you know, it's going to be. A, I'm hoping it's going to be a positive experience I've for listeners. The, the, just... on- the oncoming ear onslaught of the horror of <laughs> listening to your fucking awful chapter. No, I'm just. I'm so excited about what's about to happen that yeah. I have lost the ability to speak. <laughs> lost. Yeah. <laughs> Suddenly, okay. yeah, because you're usually amazing. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it's double, nothing. Double lost it. Yeah, and it's nothing to do with those three glasses of whiskey that, that we might have had already had played a part <laughs> in the, the thing. Yeah, we're already celebrating, listener. <laughs> um, so if you hear a certain amount of slurring and misspeaking, there is a reason. Yeah. So, chapter ten. Duh, duh, duh. Ding dong. Grim dong, ding dong, ring dong, ding dong. We're going to get in trouble for copyright and we're yeah, stealing that song, probably, are we? Probably, probably. Yeah, we're going to get killed. Sued. We're going to get killed. They're going to come around and kill us. That's what they oh, do now. Fucking hell. They stopped suing and they started killing people Send for copyright. Send down their robot gremlins yeah. and have us assassinated. <laughs> yeah. I am looking for Howard Connor. And you know what the truly ironic thing is? That they don't even own the copyright to gremlins. So when they send down those robot gremlins, they are breaking copyright and the robot gremlins have to go back and kill them too. Yeah. You, can, you can double kill a, a robot gremlin by putting it in the microwave because you're not supposed to put metal in a microwave, are you? Yeah, you're not supposed or to put gremlins. gremlins or robots in the microwave. Yeah. Robots because of the metal thing. Yeah. Gremlins, gremlins because of the, of the being alive being thing. Being a gremlin. Yeah. 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 So that's that solved. Mm. Uh, so a needle pulling thread. <laughs> you ready? That's another <clears throat> copyright infringement right yeah. there. Okay, let's just do this. The plot so far. <gasps> Greta Binchleaf is embroiled in an adventure that is mostly concerned with how big or small crabs are. <laughs> First of all, it seemed that his short-term squeeze, Jimbly Smythe, had been abducted by a giant mystical crab creature from ancient Egypt. Mm-hmm. But later, it turned out that Jimbly was working with an ancient Egyptian god called Steve Krabs, and he'd been the woman abductor of the title. Steve Krabs, or Inuku, as he preferred to be called, had been jealous of Gret Binchleaf since he'd turned up in ancient Egypt and got all up inside his grill. <laughs> that's something that hasn't even been included in. That's a, yeah. that's a reference back to something we recorded recently that won't be... That if it's in anything, it'll be in Series 3 of the Man by Cow podcast. <laughs> so it's a, it's a major call forward to something that might not get included. That's something for you to all look forward to. Yeah. Maybe. Us laughing at the phrase, get up inside your grill. <laughs> Consequently, Inuku had made the most convoluted plan in the history of the universe mm-hmm. to collect the ingredients of a spell which would return his power to make crabs go big. Then, it turned out that Inuku was really a small crab in a man suit, and all he ever really wanted was to make himself go big. 
This clearly made no sense, as Inuku had the power to make crabs go big, and he had a shapeshifter friend who could have made him go big, and he knew a genie who could have made him go big. Really, Inuku had had about a million chances to make himself go big, but he decided to do it in the most complicated and illogical way possible because, and this fact was well established and understood, Inuku was a fucking idiot. At around the same time that Inuku finally went big, pretty much everyone else in the story turned out to be Jimbley, kidnapped simultaneously from a thousand points in time. This also made no sense, made lots of sense yeah. but was very much in keeping with the spirit and logic of the story <laughs> so far. No sooner had the good Jimbleys revealed and explained themselves than a flying saucer turned up and kidnapped them all, proving that really the crab doctors of the title were a bunch of alien butterfly collectors. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Will Gret be able to save the good Jimbleys, considering that he has no possible way of going to space <laughs> and is an idiot? <laughs> did the aliens abduct all the Jimbleys, or did they miss one, like under a rock or something? <laughs> That's what? usually where crabs go under rocks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, who knows? She's been hanging out with a crab Perhaps for a long learned, time. Learned their ways. Yeah. <laughs> the ways of the crab. Yeah, yeah. I'm just going to go under this rock. Now she or? hangs out under under rocks all the time. <laughs> she under crabs. Learned the crabs, yes. Yeah, that's what she's learned, is to hang around under, under crabs. crabs. Yeah. What fate awaits Inuku? Will Gret eat him? <laughs> or will something totally unexpected happen to him, possibly connected with stuff from a previous chapter? <laughs> Find out by listening to this very final chapter of Gret Binchleaf and the adventure of the women getting abducted by the collectors of Rare Alien Breed Society, or Crabs for short. Wow, well said, well said. Okay, so chapter 10. Gret back to where you once belonged. Ah! <laughs> it was a dark night. The type of night where you can't see stuff unless you turn a light on. <laughs> A gigantic articulated lorry truck thundered down the sleepy country lanes, leaving a splatter trail of flat badgers and dead old ladies in its wake. The driver, who was almost certainly not licensed for what he was doing, was leaning out of the window and shouting at cars and sheep. Get out of the way! I'm on a mission to save a load of sexy cousins from space crabs! <laughs> The driver, or Gret, as was his <gasps> civilian name, yeah, oh my God. had rented the truck from a heavy haulage company in Croydon, just after the aliens had flying saucered off with all the jimbleys. I need the cheapest vehicle you can fit a crab in, he had barked, <laughs> and the sales bloke had pointed at a toy van on the desk. You can have that for a favour a day, <laughs> he offered. Oh, yeah, because we're in Scotland, right? <clears throat> this is Scotland, right? No, it's not, it's Croydon. Oh, is it? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's just it's just that, that accent is actually misdirection. Okay. <laughs> It's sounded... not. I just honestly couldn't think of another accent to use other than Scottish. <laughs> so I was like, well, Croydon, there's people from everywhere. Why can't he be Scottish? There are, there are. You can have that for a fiver a day, he offered. I forgot to mention, said Gret, this is a crab that's gone big. Mm. The sales chappy took Gret out the back and showed him a truck. It's a miracle how much you can get in there, he said. <laughs> that's probably why they call it. The Space Wizard. Ah. Mm, the truck's called the Space Wizard. Because of the amount of space it's got. Because it's a wizard for how much space you can okay, get. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. And uh, what, why is. <clears throat> what's happened to Billy Connolly's career anyway that he's been forced to work at a truck company? I can't say. Uh, we don't have that information on this character. Okay, he's, right, he's, right. he's very much a bit part. Yeah, so, okay. Um, I'll tell you what I think, Gret said. I think if you cross a sheep with a kangaroo, you don't get a woolly jumper. You get half a dead sheep glued to half a dead kangaroo. And I don't see why you'd want that. I also think I'll take this vehicle and drive my big crab to Scotland with it. Do you accept Susan Cheese in a Bag's credit card? <laughs> and so it was for the second time that Gret drove a vehicle with the Space Wizard painted on it up the majestic driveway of the Smythe family mansion. Oh, it's bookended. Yeah, absolutely. Three years had passed since he'd last been here, although it uh, three seemed... Three years? Wait, you'll find out why okay, in a second. Yeah, I'm sorry. Oh, yeah, three years. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, I know you've forgotten the story, but maybe other people might not have done it. Okay. (laughs) Three years had passed since he'd last been here, although it seemed much longer because he'd spent most of that three years being bum-tortured in hell. (laughs) Of course, yeah, I remember. Yeah. But as he pulled up and parked, he saw little had changed. There was the forbidding gabled entrance. There were the banners for the Cachillionaires Charity Ball, Fish Egg Chowdown and Photo Opportunity Luau. Well said. Thank you. And there, standing in the attic window, was evil Jimberly Smythe, <gasps> jiggling her two formidable bazookas. Oh. Gret fastened the belt of his trench coat to conceal his dipple cock, as, <laughs> as he liked to call it, <laughs> and did. <laughs> I'm concealing my dipple cock, he shouted at no one and clambered out of the truck. Meanwhile, Jimberly shapeshifted from a woman who was in the attic to a woman who was standing in front of Gret, which may may seem like a power that's never been mentioned before, but if you think about it, she's been teleporting all over the place for ages with no explanation about how, so it's actually all very consistent and well-seeded. Yeah, brilliant, brilliant. Jimberly, said Gret, I need your help. I don't know why he's so upset, actually. I don't know why, Jim- he's, I don't know why he's Adrian Edmondson. That's <laughs> what I'm wondering. Well, he often is in my, in my chapters, isn't he? <laughs> Jimberly, said Gret, I need your help. What makes you think that I'd help a great big cheese muffin like you? <laughs> I hate you, Gret Benchleaf. A pox on all your trousers. <laughs> I haven't got any trousers, oh. said Gret, who was really starting to miss his once burgeoning ability to grow clothes. <sighs> oh. And what about all that bumming we did? I thought we were in love. Love is not the same thing as bumming, Gret. What? Really? Are you sure? (laughs) Love is reading stories together every night for years. Love is supporting each other, like when the person you love needs a sit-down, so you turn into a chair. (laughs) Love is staying up all night talking, even if all your loved one wants to talk about is crabs. (laughs) And how big they are. Gret wasn't sure he liked the sound of love anymore. It all sounded a bit complicated and boring and about crabs. No, you're absolutely right, Gret concluded. Let's skip the love and get straight to the action. Shall I bum you or do you want to bum me? Listen to me, Gret. I can't stand you. Not even a hefty blow to the head could rid me of my absolute revulsion for you. We'll see about that, thought Gret, fingering the rock he still had in his pocket from when he'd beaten all those chickens to death earlier. (laughs) Well, look, it doesn't matter how you feel about me because I'm on a mission you'll definitely appreciate. What's that? A mission to eat all the chips? No, I've already completed that mission. I'm on a mission to save you. Me? I'm fine, Gret. I'm the one standing here holding two bazookas outside my big house that I don't have to share with my stupid family anymore because I ate them. How are you going to save me? So she is the crab there, everyone. Um, yeah, we, we've already. I think we've already established that, right? Because... If you say I think, so, I think I that's in you. one of the middle chapters. Where oh yes, I think that yeah, might yeah. be in the big Inuku explanation mm. chapter, like chapter six or something, yeah. where it says that she morphed into a crab and ate her family. Yes, yeah. yes, 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 yes. When I say you, I mean your sexy cousins, mm. all the other Jimberlies. They were abducted by posh alien zookeepers, and I'm going to save them with your help. Gret pointed at the truck. I've got Inuku in there, he said, mm. or should I call him in a truck coup? <laughs> Inuku. <laughs> yeah, you shouldn't. <laughs> no, probably best you don't, Gret. Inuku, what happened to him? He went big, <laughs> said Gret, yeah, causing Jimberly to gasp with what looked like pleasure. Gret couldn't be sure what a woman gasping with pleasure looked like, as he had never <laughs> seen it before. 
But then he got knocked out by a flying space saucer. It's a bit weird that she gets excited by the idea of him going big as yeah. well. I mean, it's really disgusting. Oh, oh that's his plan. That's his, that means his, his final plan that he, they've been working together on all this time. He's succeeded. Mm. So she's like oh, excited because their flan, their flan, <laughs> their flan has succeeded. Has finally cooked. He's yeah. ready to eat. And uh, as well as that, yeah. their plan has succeeded, which okay. is also good. Uh, I was just thinking like she was excited by the signs. Right, that may be part of it as well. I don't know. Okay. I don't know. But then he got knocked out by a flying space saucer. I tried eating him, but every time I pulled a bit of him off, it just grew back. Oh. He's an immortal god, Jimberly explained. Aren't we all? Yeah. Gret countered. Yeah. Why have you brought Inuku here to me? I thought I could kill two birds with one stone, Gret said. And I could. Actually, I killed eight chickens with one rock, and it didn't damage the rock at all. I reckon I could have killed a lot more birds with that one stone, no problem. What's your point, Gret? Yeah. Well, while I was beating those chickens' heads in with my stone, I had an idea of how I could effectively solve two problems with one action. <laughs> yeah. I can't kill Inuku, and I can't travel to space to save the non-evil Jimbleys. Yes, and? So, I want you to shapeshift Inuku into a spaceship for me. Wow. Both problems solved, and no more chickens will have to suffer. That's not necessarily true, though. I mean, chickens will continue to suffer regardless. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That, that that plan does not help chickens in maybe, any way. Maybe he won't. He'll stop yeah. hitting them with rocks, but but um, they will still suffer in yeah. various ways through like un, unkind farming. Packed for in their cages together. Yeah, yeah Gret, Gret makes a lot of assumptions. Though we know this about Gret. Right? <laughs> he he thinks that if he goes to space. If he goes to yeah, if he thinks if he goes to space, yeah, <laughs> he thinks. My friend Rufus has had some whiskey as well, by the way. It's not just me. No, it's both of us. Yeah. Um, if he goes to space in in Inuku, yeah, all chi- <laughs> all chickens will be happy. <laughs> that's what Greg thinks. Maybe that's his I'll plan. Tell you, I'll tell you what I think. This is not. He's not even after trying to save Jimberly's smile at all. He's just trying to help chickens, help chickens yeah. by flying to space. What? what? <laughs> In Inuku, yeah. Why is he hitting them with a rock then? Yeah. Like, it's like maybe that's part of his. He's like finding. He's yeah. checking this. They can still suffer. Yeah. It's like, yep, this chicken can suffer. Yeah. <laughs> Obviously, if he does fly to space in Inuku, <laughs> stop saying space. Sorry. Kid. Yeah. <laughs> the chickens wouldn't suffer because his problem will be solved. But actually, the chickens won't suffer because he'll be in space, not hitting, <laughs> not hurting hitting chickens, chickens yeah. with a rock. That's yeah. that's what I intended. Okay, all right. But I right. like your interpretation okay. better. All right. Um. Okay. Here we go. <clears throat> Shift of perspective. Here we come. From the point of view of a chicken now. From this the, yeah, yeah, going. Please don't kill me, chick. What you saying? No. I was saying no, but in a chicken. Chicken. No, no, no. Good. Yeah, like yeah. it. That's definitely a chicken saying no. Uh, no, it's not from a chicken point of view. Okay. Meanwhile, inside the truck, Inuku clacked his enormous claws lethargically. Ooh. He had been hogtied in the back of that truck for hours, or crab-tied, yeah. as he liked to call it, and did. <laughs> I've been crab-tied for hours, he whispered pathetically. And the journey had been made longer because Gret kept stopping to hit chickens. <laughs> <laughs> or buy a load of seafood dip and eat one of Inuku's legs. The big crab god of making crabs and gods go big was exhausted from all the limb regeneration and depressed because after five and a half thousand years he had finally managed to make himself go big and it had turned out that being a big crab just wasn't that great after all. <laughs> what a fucking surprise. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but I mean, he's only experienced being a big crab as a big crab tied up in the back of a truck how many yeah. limbs pulled off. No, he was Maybe a little bit before that. He, he okay. had a bit of time before the aliens turned up, didn't he, to like, be a big crab. Yeah. But yeah. Been a poor... I mean, he may be big... jumping to conclusions. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, he thinks being a big crab involves being tied up in the yeah. back of a truck yeah, because he was, he's an idiot. That never happened when he was a small crab. <laughs> exactly. Mm. Um, there was the sound of a metal bolt sliding free and the huge doors of the truck swung open with a ratty whine. <laughs> Inuku uh, blinked at the two silhouettes outside and tried to give a crap about anything. He failed. What have you done to him? came Jimbley's voice from one of the silhouettes. He hasn't been the same since I ate his head, <laughs> Gret explained. His head grew back, but his spirit didn't. Do crabs have heads? They do, but it's kind of part of their... You, you kind of, I did check that, and yeah. I thought, you can kind of eat their head. Yeah, yeah. A big crab, you could just bite a big you chunk out of it. You eat their face, yeah. yeah. I feel like they're just one massive they head are. with legs, aren't they? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they kind of are, yeah. yeah. If you eat all of him, <laughs> does all of him grow back? If you, like, swallowed him all, would he just grow back... Inside you, or yeah, or would he, you. yeah, would he yeah, grow yeah. back inside you, or, or outside you, or would there be two of him? It's yeah. a good question. Would you just shit out a fresh crab? It's like the he's like the philosopher, the philosopher's crab. Isn't it, it is. Like if you yeah. eat if you eat his leg, yeah. and then he it grows back, and then you eat his other legs, and then you eat his body, and that grows back. Mm. Is he the same crab? Mm. Uh, so his head grew back, but his spirit didn't. Mm-hmm. Remember that? Yeah, yeah. yeah he hasn't been the same since I ate his head. Inuku was broken, humiliated, oh. disgraced. He was helpless at the mercy of the man who had always always beaten him. Every moment of his life, every second of his long existence had been stained yellow by the spectre of Gret Binchleaf. Gret Binchleaf. Gret Binchleaf, who for the last 14 hours had been treating Inuku like an all-you-can-eat buffet. Inuku the god. Inuku the ancient. Inuku the ridiculous big crab loser. He was nothing. Worthless. What kind of a god would allow himself to be stuffed in the back of a truck, like a consignment of meat on its way to a meat shop? There was even a delivery code stamped onto his claw, like he was a branded cow, like he was a regular crab being delivered to Barry's House of Crabs to be turned into crab linguini. What's that big bloody lump on his head? asked Jimbley. That's where he got hit by the spaceship. Gray explained, and I had to persuade him to tell me where I'd find you. And hold on a second, you got hit on the head by a spaceship, right? Yeah, yeah. Gret ate that head. <laughs> then he just grew another one with a lump on, like you know, sympathy with a sympathy lump. Well, is there's, that? there's, there's maybe, maybe, yeah. The Gret's kind of, um, kind of, you know, he's kind of covering up for what he's about to say. Oh, okay, so oh, there, oh, there is, okay. there is explanation okay, because so it's not the, uh, okay, that's yeah. where he got hit by the spaceship. Greg explained, and I had to persuade him to tell me where I'd find you. And I always say the best way to persuade someone is with a spade. <laughs> so actually, yeah. he's just been hitting him with a spade. Fair enough. Inuku felt a tiny spork of anger bury itself in his crabby bones. He lifted his lumpy head and managed to whisper the words, Jimbley, execute plan B. Here, who's plan B? asked Gret. And why do you think his eggs are cute? Inuku watched with pride as Jimbley hoisted the bazookas onto her shoulders and pointed them at Gret's head. Plan B, she said. Are you, are you absolutely sure? Yes, Inuku croaked, like a frog that's gone big and become a crab and and is saying yes. It's the only thing I have left. It's just, I can't help but feel there's something important about plan B that we've overlooked. Mm. Do it. Do it now. Shapeshift me. Use your power on me. Jimberly dropped one of her bazookas on the ground and laid her hand on Inuku's leg. Immediately, his bonds disappeared as she turned him from a big crab who was tied up into a big crab that wasn't. Uh... Inuku stood, towering over them and clacking his claws castanetically. I have worn many disguises, he cried, from my mechanical Steve Crab suit to my space wizard hat to the bright red half-orc, half-starfish suit that I used to wear in ancient Egypt. 
Then there was that time I dressed as a woman and became Prime Minister. And <laughs> nobody knew that it was really me, a tiny Egyptian crab with a chip on his shoulder. I like chips, said Gret unhelpfully. <laughs> but now, Inuku continued, ignoring him, now I shall become the one thing that truly, beneath it all, I have always craved to be. Inuku was looking less and less like a big crab and more and more like a big human. That's right, Binchleaf, Inuku cried, his voice sounding different because of the new shape of his vocal cords. Mm. I'll be you. I'll be Gret Binchleaf. Jimbley is shifting me into the shape of you. The shape of you before you lost your powers. So at last, after all this time, I'll even be able to grow clothes. <laughs> and finally, Crabby Inuku finished morphing into Gret Binchleaf. He stood before Jimberly and the real Gret, naked as the day he'd got his knob out in a nunnery, <laughs> and grinned. I'll tell you what I think, said Gretinuku Binch Crabs, and vanished. <laughs> said the real Gret Binchleaf, staring at Jimberly's massive bazooka. What the bleeding sod bollocks happened there? Inuku, cried Jimberly. Inuku, where are you, Ku? <laughs> Hang on, said Gret, who could feel himself starting to detect something. Did you just evil shapeshift him? <laughs> of course, I'm evil Jimberly, and he's evil Inuku. What did you expect? A plate of fish and crisps? Well, that's it, Gret shouted, like Archimedes in the bath. One of your sexy cousins said that... One of your... Yeah, he did say that. Yeah. <laughs> One of your sexy cousins said that evil shapeshifting a person hurtles them through time and makes them forget their previous life. That's why none of them knew they were really you. Looks like you've just time-travelled your boss and wiped his memory. Good luck finding him, you pillock. <laughs> Meanwhile, five and a half thousand years earlier, a naked man woke up on the banks of a great river. He didn't know how he'd gotten there, he couldn't remember where he came from, and he had no idea who he was. What a fucking idiot. <laughs> yeah. In fact, the only thing he knew for sure was that this place, this sandy place he found himself in, this sandy place by a river, was hot, stupid and rubbish. <laughs> The nudie man noticed something scrawled on his hand, a sequence of indecipherable glyphs that would puzzle him for the rest of his unnatural life. As he stared at them, wondering what they could possibly mean, he heard the sound of hooves beating against the sand and looked up to see a squadron of camel-mounted soldiers surrounding him, all pointing at his willy and laughing. <laughs> then one of them spoke in a totally authentic ancient <laughs> Egyptian accent and dialect. Hey, girlfriend, why are you all naked and shit? So that explains his accent. It does. Okay, right, hold on a second. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. If Jimberly evil shapeshifts people, right, that's a thing that I lobbed in for a, you know, to get out of trouble myself. Yeah. But she has she not shapeshifted Inuku before? I don't think so, because you said he's been... Uh, you you kind of deleted that. I think there were times when I said he had, but then you said he'd been a, in a... He's been a tiny crab all that time. Yeah. Um, all the time he's been a tiny crab in various different disguises. Yeah. Whether it's the um, half orc, half yeah, some yeah, kind yeah. of fish, fish yeah, disguise, yeah. or Steve Crabs, um, or whatever. These are disguises, not shapeshifting. So the only thing that's happened is he's gone big at the end, but she didn't do that, right? Yeah, she just shapeshifts things in his office in chapter yeah. like five, six, or something. Yeah, she doesn't do him. She doesn't do and him. And if, even if she did, it would be his suit that she shapeshifted, because he's a little crab. <laughs> but I well, think. Right. Why doesn't she shape. When she shapeshifts other things, right? Yeah. 
Why doesn't she shape them into the past? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> when she shape shifts herself, why doesn't she shape shift herself into the past and lose her own memory? I, That'd be really well, confusing. The way I took it yeah. with your evil shape shifting, I think evil shape shifting means mm. shape shifting someone else when they don't want to be shape shifting. Yeah, okay. That's, good, yeah. So I think that things, is what I meant. You're right. Yeah, correct. Things yeah, can't have desire. Mm. So if you shape shift a thing, it's not going to be. No. It doesn't not want to be shape shifted. So it doesn't time travel. Mm. If you shape shift yourself, she's not like resisting. Yeah. Uh, the reason that Inuku has is because they're both evil, right? It's not because yeah, he didn't want yeah. to, it's because she's evil in Jimbley and he's evil Inuku, that's why they say that. Yeah, um, I heard that line. Yeah, so that's why he's still time-travelled, even though he wanted it. Because it's still evil shape-shifting, because it has evil ends, it has evil objective. Who does she evil shape-shift in my chapter, then? All the Jimbleys. All the Jimbleys, she turns them into the space wizard. And... Yes, okay, yeah. I should remember that plot point. That's yeah. cool. Okay, so, other question yeah. is... So Gret Binchley for Greta Titi is actually Inuku. Yes. But he's Inuku with a completely blanked memory and yep, 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 yep. shaped as Gret. And there's nowhere in the story which suggests that Greta Titi comes back from the past and, no. and lives as Gret Binchley. Okay, no. so that's that solved. We yeah. never that's brilliant. Well done. Well, there is there is one little question, which oh. is that um Inuku is apparently immortal. Mm-hmm. Um, or at least he was at one point. Maybe she's shapeshifted him into a mortal Gret Binchley. Maybe she's like fully shapeshifted him into Binchleaf and therefore he dies. Yeah. But if he is immortal, yeah. there should now be two Gret Binchleafs. Maybe he's... Because he'll live yeah. for five and a half thousand years and then catch up with this time. He will. Okay. Meanwhile, back in the present... You, Binchleaf, this is all your fault! Jimbley shouted shoutily. You caused all of this! Actually, I'm not sure I did, Gret replied, backing away. From the moment the haulage rep had stamped that delivery code on the big crab's claw, it had been playing on the tip of his mind tongue. Finally, after seeing Anuku transformed into a naked copy of himself, it had all fallen into place. TH5-21P-WA6-5ACR30. The delivery code which would one day be misread as The Zip Was Sacred. Mm. Gret had always had the feeling that Dispacey Wizra was fudging a lot of the details about how he, Gret, could possibly manage to become a god in the past. When Gret had asked how he would get back in time to ancient Egypt, the space wizard had said, Nobody knows, sister, but there is a legend that says that Greta Titi is short for Great at Time Travel. <laughs> Gret was brought painfully back to the present by Jimberly's fist, hitting him in the face sausage. <laughs> Or nose. <laughs> or nose, as it's more commonly known. Wait, doesn't Greg gl- glow? <laughs> doesn't Greg glow? No, no, glow? he doesn't. No, 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 that's never been mentioned. Well, no, carry, now it's... Ca- carry on, then. <laughs> now he does. Okay, Greg was glowing. <laughs> Did you have a real question? I was just going to say, doesn't Greg actually grow some clothes in this story? Which is the power that Greta Titi has that isn't him because Greta Titi is an uku. No, it's all right. It, it is explained, right? Oh, okay. Uh, here's the here's the timeline because I worked all this out before I wrote. Did yeah, yeah. It's very important that I try. I mean, sometimes I miss things, but I'm always trying. Mm. I don't deliberately do it. I, sometimes I accidentally miss things. Um, but the space wizards gave Greta the power, the real Gret, when he's a baby. Okay, so oh, Gret, that's yeah. that's where Greta got the power because they think he's him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he lost the power. Um, I when forget how it, 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 when he died, right? Yeah. But then Jimberly shapeshifted uh, Inuku 
and Inuku says this, yeah. into Gret before he yes. died, before he lost his power. Yes, 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 yes. So Inuku has the power. No, you're absolutely right. Brilliant. So it actually, it all makes sense. But it's also, it's one of those sci-fi loops, one of those time travel mm. loops with no beginning because mm. the reason Gret is given the power of growing clothes is because it, Greta Titi has it. Mm, mm. But the reason Greta Titi has it is because Gret has it. So it's it's yeah. one of those objects with no origin things. Yeah. It's like, it's like the most tightly plotted um, thing by accident ever. Yeah. Stephen Murphy um, wishes he was us. I think he does. I think he's sitting at home now just wishing he was us. Yeah. Like, I wish I was two people, you say. He's not great music. <laughs> he's, he's the Scottish one. He's Jimbley Smythe. Is, is he Scottish? What? Yeah, he's Scottish, isn't he? <laughs> you're doing Welsh accent. Well, I wish I was them too. <laughs> I'm Scottish, Stephen Moffat. <laughs> Yeah. That's not a Scottish accent. Stephen Moffat can't even do his own accent. Yeah, what's wrong with you, Stephen Moffat? How, how, how is he expected to write Doctor if he can't even <laughs> do his own accent? Uh, so, Gret was brought painfully back to the present by Jimbley's fist, hitting him in the face sausage. Yeah. Or nose, as it's more commonly known. <laughs> None of this would have happened if you hadn't existed in the first place, spat Jimbley. That's it! I'm going to get the time travel device that my uncle Professor Doctor Who left <laughs> me in his will, and I'm going to travel back in time and shoot your <laughs> granny in the face. <laughs> You'll have a job, said Gret. My granny was Bertrude Binchley, the first Ukrainian woman to be fitted with a bazooka-proof head. She was famous when she was young. People would come from miles around to shoot her in the head with bazookas. Until the time someone missed and shot her in the chest, and she exploded because she didn't have bazooka-proof boobs. Her head survived, though. I've heard they keep it in a military history museum in Kiev, you know, to tell the visitors where the gift shop is. Fine, said Jimbley, throwing the bazooka to the floor, causing it to go off and destroy the entire west wing of the mansion. Oops. Then we'll have to try something else, won't we? Gret watched in horror as Jimbley grew a crust and began to smell distinctly <gasps> of hot meat and pastry. <sighs> oh, poppy crap, he said. <laughs> Jimbley had turned into a pie. She's turned into a pie, Gret shouted, <laughs> and ran off screaming like a big scaredy wuss. Eventually, he made it to the house, slamming the door behind him. He peeked nervously through a window and saw the Jimba pie just sitting there, <laughs> on account of it being a giant pie and not having any way of moving. Yeah. Gret shuddered. I suppose I'm safe then, he said, as long as it doesn't grow legs. Oh. The pie grew eight legs and started running towards him. A spider pie! Gret shouted at no one. Gret had never been scared of spiders before, but he'd never realised that the word spiders had the word pies in it. <laughs> and it was an anagram of red piss. <laughs> but that wasn't important right now. It is. Gret decided that if he survived the attack of the spider pie, he would go and see a doctor and ask if he should be worried about the fact that spiders was an anagram of red piss. <laughs> he could also ask why all that blood kept coming out of his knob. <laughs> The scary eight-legged monster was still advancing. Gret was just about to deal with the situation by crying and hiding under a table mm. when the spider pie ran into a wall and fell over. <laughs> it hasn't got any eyes, thought Gret. It can't see where it's going and it can't find me. Gret breathed a sigh of relief. Or, to put it another way, he pissed himself. <laughs> Red piss. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. I'll be fine, he said, as long as it doesn't turn into an eye pie. Oh, no! The pie stood up, grew 50 eyes, <laughs> and looked at Gret angrily. It's an eye pie, yeah. said Gret, and fainted. <laughs> Gret opened his eyes to find himself in the mansion's library. Mm. He recognised it because it was here that he'd done his short magic show for the kids, and because it had loads of books in it. <laughs> How the bleeding dog penis did I get here? He asked himself, which was pointless, as himself didn't know. I dragged you here, Gret, said Jimberly, looming into view above him. 
She had gone back to being oh. regular shaped, Gret was relieved to notice. <sighs> so instead of running away, screaming and weeing, he just lay there and tried to look up her skirt. <laughs> I wanted you to be able to see what I'm going to do to you, Jimbley explained. And you may notice that our library is full of mirrors, because my stupid dad thought the books were talking about him behind his back. Mm. Wow, said Gret, trying to humour her. What a mad old cunt. <laughs> it's lucky you ate him that time. <laughs> he wasn't mad, Jimbley said. He was right. They were talking about him. Well, they were after I turned into a shelf of them and called him a twit. Yeah. Have you got any crisps? Asked Gret, who had got distracted. <laughs> Jimbley's hands shot out and landed forcefully on Gret's chest, vibrating so hard that cheese came out of his nipples. <laughs> I know how important sex is to you, Gret, Jimbley hissed. You never shut up about it, and you try it on with every woman you meet. So I'm going to make sure you never get any ever again, by turning you into the ugliest person who ever lived. <gasps> Gret felt his head curdle, like an old bottle of milk in a school bag. His skin felt like his Uncle Ebenezer, because it was tight, unpleasant, and touching him all over. <laughs> then, with eyes that felt like balloons full of crushed banana and cream, Gret saw Jimbley open her mouth in shock, let go of him, and fall back onto the floor holding her face and keening pathetically. Gret looked around frantically for a mirror shop. <laughs> but then he remembered there were unlikely to be any mirror shops in the library of a country mansion. On the other hand, he realised, detectively, there were a bunch of mirrors there, so he decided to look in one of those instead. He walked over to a full-length, fluorescently tinted model mirror. <laughs> Captain Crikey, he said. Absolutely nothing had changed. I'm just as irresistible as ever. What Gret didn't know, because there was no one clever there to explain it to him for a change, mm. was that, in Jimberley's eyes, due to years of Inuku's indoctrination, Gret already was the ugliest person who'd ever lived. Mm. And not just in Jimberley's eyes, either. At high school, <laughs> at high school, Gret had been voted most likely to get married to a gorilla. He hadn't got married to a gorilla, but his ex-wife, Trevelyn, had been blind, deaf and dead when they met, and was still decomposing when he dragged her up the aisle a few months later. Tragically, however, being a corpse hadn't stopped her running off with the postman three days after they got back from their honeymoon, leaving Gret with no wife, no post, and wondering how things would have been different if only that gorilla had said yes. <laughs> Gret heard a noise behind him and rotated his head to see the most hideous creature he had ever laid eyes on. It was human, just barely, but its skin was covered in weeping blisters and purple lumps. Ooh. It looked like the elephant man, but with more trunks coming out of its face, if it could even be called a face. <laughs> Gret felt like he was looking at his own scabby feet, but yeah. with sick on them. Yeah. Jimberly's attack had backfired. She had turned herself into the most repulsive person who had ever lived. <laughs> what have you done to me? Jimberly cried, quite unreasonably. I'm going to kill you, Gret Binchleaf. I'm going to kill you so hard you'll need a wheelchair to get to heaven. Mm -hmm. Jimberly lunged at him, a crazed look in her bulging yellow eyes. Gret panicked, picked up the first thing he could lay his hands on, a large leather-bound book, and hit Jimberly in her hideous face with it. <laughs> when when Jimberly woke up, about an hour later, she had no idea who she was. Who are you? How did I get here? Where do dogs come from? <laughs> Were the sort of questions she probably asked. Yeah. <laughs> I, was, I was thinking, what's the, the first three things you need to know when you wake yeah. up with no memory? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, and that's what I thought they were. Curious, Gret inspected the book he had beamed Jimbley in the face with. Hmm? It was called Retrograde Amnesia and Traumatic Brain Injury by Dr. B.I. Onk on the Head. <laughs> 
brilliant. Yeah, that's the best joke ever. I know. I was. I almost when I wrote that. Mm-hmm. I, I. I don't think I did it, but I was going to text you and say I've just written the worst <laughs> joke I've ever written. It's not, it's the best but joke. I really like it. Yeah, yeah. And that's I'm a keeping pure it in. Ha ha bonk joke. <laughs> yeah, and it has the word bonk in it and makes yeah. you laugh. So, yeah. What else do you want? Perfect, isn't it? <laughs> Greg had never realised books worked that way before. <laughs> And decided that yeah. when he got home, he'd hit himself in the face with his encyclopedia of chips <laughs> and see if it made him full of chips. <laughs> you really like me, Greg explained to Jimbley. We did bumming once, and I wouldn't be surprised if you wanted to do it again. Mm. I may not be a god, but if there's one thing I am, it's irresistible, charming, and not very good at counting. <laughs> Jimbley stared vacantly at a chair. <laughs> In a way that suggested she wasn't really listening. Uh. Or she had brain damage. (laughs) On the other hand, he continued, you've got a face like my Uncle Ebenezer's arse after he tried to stick three pizzas up it that time to see if he could taste with his bum hole. Which, it turned out, he couldn't. Look, Jimberly, I've never said this to a woman before, but I don't want to have sex with you. What? Gret figured that... Since Jimberly had totally forgotten everything, she wasn't really a threat anymore. Mm. It seemed churlish to shop her to the pigs. She had no, she had no idea she was capable of shapeshifting, so she would be unlikely to try. After all, what regular person ever tries to turn into a chair? Hey, have you thought about wearing a sheet over your head? I think it'd be a pretty good look for you. Better than being able to see your face, anyway. I can't go around with a sheet over my head. <laughs> I wouldn't be able to see anything. <laughs> Gret felt a little disappointed. Like the feeling you get when you take your pet hamster out of the microwave and find that not only did it fail to dry him off, <laughs> but it also made him explode. <laughs> Gret had to accept the fact that no matter how much he might want her to, Jimberly would never be Susan Cheese in a Bag. Mm. Even though, strictly speaking, Jimberly was Susan Cheese in a Bag. It's, it's real love there, real yeah, love. It's a beautiful moment. She, on the other hand, and the tragic thing is, of course, that uh, Susan Cheese in a Bag doesn't like it's Gret. It's a tragic romance. Yeah, yeah. And right she's in, in. space. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> two two things working against those yeah. two getting together. She hates him, and she's in space. Yeah, exactly. Tragic romance epitomised here yeah. by the fact that like she's in space. Yeah. So in the end, it did become a romance, mm. uh, even though it, it went off. Yeah. You know, and it isn't. It's just about massive crabs. <laughs> but it's got a romantic theme. Yeah. Okay. See if you can find a balaclava, Gret suggested, and maybe some dark glasses. And mm. like, don't go out too much or speak to people. Having dispensed his useful advice, Gret walked outside to the truck, pausing to look up into the night sky. The stars twinkled like really far away suns, and the moon just kind of sat there doing nothing. Stupid moon, said Gret, (laughs) resolving never to go there no matter what might happen. (laughs) Gret wiped a tear, or maybe two tears, from his eye, or maybe two eyes. Don't worry, Susan Cheese in a Bag, he said. I'll save you and all your sexy twin cousins. Mm. I've made the perfect plan B to rescue you from space. (laughs) Step one, wait for technology to advance to such a stage where regular people can buy spaceships. (laughs) Step two, rescue you from space. (laughs) It's foolproof. Gret nodded. It was a foolproof (laughs) plan. And Gret was a proven fool. (laughs) Yeah, he is. In the meantime, Greg continued, <laughs> looking down to see Jimberly walking meekly towards him across the gravel, I suppose there's one less exceptional private detective in the world, and I've been thinking it's about time Gret Binchleaf had a career change. Mm. I saw an advert in the newspaper when I stopped to murder those chickens earlier <laughs> for a luxury penthouse workspace that just happens to be in my price range. All I need is my name painted on the door, you know, on smoky glass, and maybe a couple of hot women to turn up and pay me to investigate the case of their missing pants. Mm. 
Jimberly reached Gret and stared at him blankly. Talking of change, he said, we can't very well go on calling you Jimberly Smythe, can we? Why don't we change it to Wimbledon Smith? Similar, but different enough to fool the police. What do you reckon? Is Wimbledon a woman's name? <laughs> asked Jimberly. No, good point. Fair enough. Not Wimbledon. Uh, what about Gwendolyn? Yeah. Gwendolyn Smith. We can call you Wendy for short. <sighs> OK, said Jimberly, who would from now on be called Wendy. Whatever you think, Gret. Well, I'm off, Wendy. It's been nice knowing you. Except for those times when you tried to kill me. Sorry about your face and everything. Hey, said Wendy, not paying attention. What's this? <laughs> she bent down and picked up the second bazooka from where she dropped it earlier. Uh -oh. There was a stomach evacuating thump, like a dead rabbit falling out of a drain pipe, and a small rocket flew out of the launcher and hit what was left of the Smythe family mansion, completely collapsing it into a big pile of bricks with carpet sticking out. <laughs> right, said Gret. I suppose you'd better come with me then. Five years passed, during which time Gret investigated many exciting cases, such as Gret Binchleaf and the mystery of the spooky sausage, yeah. and Gret Binchleaf and the adventure of having to go to the moon. <laughs> he had taken the luxury penthouse workspace, even though it had turned out to be a shed on the roof, and Wendy had started working as his receptionist. Every day she sat at her desk, wrapped up in blankets and a balaclava, so that clients wouldn't be scared off by the weird bits of flesh hanging off her face like tiny mouse penises. Oh. Why don't you go straight in, she said to the man with the unusual hairstyle. Uh-oh. Mr... <laughs> Mr Binchleaf will see you now. <laughs> Wendy reached up under her balaclava, picked out a bogey and flicked it at a pigeon. She had been working for Gret Binchley for as long as she could remember, literally, and every day her feelings for him seemed to grow deeper, mm. like she was digging a love trench with a love spade to fight the First World War of love. Sometimes, images of her forgotten past would flicker across her mind. An underground statue, an army of rats, a crab that had gone big. Mm. The ghost of her forgotten life haunted her like a woman with a sheet over her head. She reached down and gripped the base of her chair. For some reason, rubbing chairs always made her feel better. <laughs> Calmer. More at home. Yeah. At times like these, she wished she could just turn into something inanimate. Something that didn't have all these uncontrollable feelings. Chairs didn't have to worry. They didn't cry themselves to sleep at night. Chairs didn't fall in love. Flipping chairs. <laughs> Maybe she could switch her feelings off. If she concentrated hard enough, if she squinted and pushed sidewards with her cheek muscles, maybe she could become cold, hard and aloof. Wendy opened her eyes. It hadn't worked. Oh. She was still Wendy-shaped, still lonely, still obsessed with Gret Binchleaf. Yeah. She didn't know why she felt such desire for him. He was ugly and a failure, and he was scared of really dumb stuff. He was also kind of stupid, and when people asked about his nationality, he'd say that he was half Ukrainian and half Mekranian. But some fundamental compulsion in her mind wouldn't let her think about anything else, as if she'd been given a high-temperature brainwash with an extra rinse spin of binch lust. Wendy looked out over the rooftops and wondered if maybe today she'd have the courage to tell Gret about her love feelings. And then she turned into a book. 
Does this mean that Jimbley was responsible for all those people turning into books in the last book? Was it Inuku's Plan C, somehow implanted into her subconscious and set to activate five years later? And what about all those other Jimbleys? Has Gret forgotten about them, or will he build a spaceship and rescue them? The answers to these questions may or may not appear in a sequel to Gret Binchleaf and the adventure of the women getting abducted by Big Crabs, Steve Crabs, or the Collectors of Rare Alien Breed Society, or Crabs for short. Thank you for listening to all of Gret Binchleaf and the adventure of the women getting abducted by crabs. If you did. <laughs> if you just skipped it all to the, to the end of the last chapter, mm. then fair enough, you, well, you're weird. I've heard, right, you know, um, on the grapevine <laughs> that people are really loving these outro bits where we advertise stuff. <laughs> And some people are literally just tuning it's because, in for that now. It's because we're so laser focused on the message. <laughs> yeah. right? It's because we're so good at it. We're so good this. at simple yeah. and direct communication mm. without ever getting distracted no or doing really stupid things that probably yeah. put people off. Mm. Right? And that's why they just, they're probably learning. It's probably like students in marketing or communication mm-hmm. just listening to this to understand better how to sell stuff. Yes. Right? Persuade, like, you know, the, the, the persuasive tactics that we use, like this one where we just get distracted and talk for 10 minutes. I'm convinced we will be held up as an example of how to advertise in the future. Yeah. Now, people may be thinking, you know, the end of that book ended with what seemed almost like the start of a whole new story. Wow. And of course, as we've mentioned, this book was a prequel. So it ended where the first book began. That's confusing. It ended where the the adventure of the people turning into books began. And if you want to hear that, okay, yes. you can okay. for just $2 Ooh. by signing up to the secret gang at patreon.com forward slash manbycow. And just in case you're not sure, here's a trailer for the adventure of the people turning into books. Hooray! You know what I think, Professor Doctor Who? I think that since aeroplanes have seats on them, they should be called chairaplanes. <laughs> Available now from patreon.com forward slash man by cow. The last time this trick was performed, a lovely lady ended up with a beard, and a manly man ended up with a massive pair of... He paused for effect. Knockers! <laughs> the boy turned and saw that the man and woman had proper vanished. They were my parents, he said, and now they've gone. Gret Binchleaf and the adventure of the people turning into books. He hadn't been able to deal with his failure, his complete inability to solve the mystery of why his little brother, Dick, and his best friend, Nathaniel Chuff, had both turned into books. The first Gret Binchleaf book. Gret really knew how to charm the ladies. He could see that his no-nonsense technique was already getting Ava hot and bothered, or hot and boobered, as he liked to call it, and did. You look hot and boobered, he spat. I am hot, she said, and I am boobered. Listen to Rufus and Howard stumble blindly through the creation of Gret Finchleaf and his universe. And your son's name, what is it? Gret. He's called Gret, after his Gret grandfather. <laughs> it all fitted, especially when you factored in the time travel. In fact, only then. <laughs> All 12 chapters are available now for just $2. Just then, a gaggle of cyber-Nazis goose-stepped over, and the tall one said, Oh, and it pulled Professor Doctor Who's head off. He pulled his dead off. He hasn't got a dead. If you keep your dead whilst all around your dead people are dead, rambled Gret, <laughs> finally losing all semblance of sense. A single payment of $2 gets you this, the adventure of the glow-in-the-dark chickens, all of Man by Cow, all the extended Worst Writer episodes, and more. I've had an idea. 
Gret said aloud, confusing Krabchenko, the Ukrainian cafe owner who only spoke two words of English, both of which were sausage. <laughs> Available now from patreon.com forward slash man by cow. I oh, don't giraffe lubin well mean that, because that doesn't make any giraffe lubin sense. Here, why do I keep saying giraffe lubin? <laughs>